single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed, 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 unlicensed therapy with Ari Manis. What hooked you about CrossFit as opposed to yoga or going to the gym? Uh, like going to the gym, I just never really. You only push yourself so much. At least I do. Okay, so, so it's discipline, self motivation. Yeah, and so with with CrossFit, you're a little more uh, on the hook for things, and uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I'm not super competitive, but I definitely like the team atmosphere and and just. You definitely get shit like the yeah. Now that I'm looking are, at you, you're pretty cut. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, good. it's it's just a lot of fun. The workouts are always hard. Some of them suck a bunch of dicks, but some of them are. But in a good way, kind of. Where you leave some and of them, like, yeah. Some of them just Food. suck a bunch of dicks. Like it's just like why? Why would you make me do that? It's just the most horrible exercises one after another. Because some exercise, you know, some of the movements are fun. And make you feel manly, and some of them just make you feel like you're in a weird prison camp. <laughs> but it, no matter what, you're doing even the weird ones with a class. Yes. So you're not alone. You're, you yeah. feel it. I've done one or, at my old gym because it was smaller. I would There were like a few classes that I showed up, and I was the only one there. That was kind of cool because it, oh, like it. it was almost like a personal training session because you still have your coach there, mm-hmm. and he's literally just staring at you. Have you ever thought about coaching? Oh, God, no. God, no. Uh-uh. Like do you I have just, any side hustles besides comedy? No. Oh, you do? No, I just started a podcast. Like, I'm late on that Oh, you game. did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a podcast now. It's like part of being a comedian, I think. Yeah. Well, and when I started being a comic in 1998, you just had to do shows and be yeah. funny and get on TV every once in a while, and that and you were fine. Now TV doesn't do anything for you. TV does jack shit well, it gives you a little, Made me a little money. Little money and a little press. Like, there's definitely prestige to getting, true. like, on true, The Late true. Show or on Jimmy Kimmel. Sure, on, yeah, you do those. It might help you get more shows yes. around town or, or on but, the road. But, like, I remember when I did my Comedy Central Presents in oh nine or whatever like i thought it was going to be like a resurrection of my career and it did jack shit when so you say uh reser- resurrection what was like the what was the peak of your career in well your, at in that moment eyes? it was last comic standing last comic standing, like that okay. was definitely and then you felt like shit i haven't done anything in a few years What's yeah, it well, it be? was just you could tell the audiences had dropped off. I wasn't drawing anymore. Like you think Got last it. comic standing, like a lot of those fans are fans of you, but they're genuinely just fans of the show. Right. So they've a couple seasons go by, they've replaced you. Oh, absolutely. One season on goes by, and they've just completely like ninety percent of them have completely forgotten about you. Damn. And and this was. You said before '09, so social media was less relevant. They didn't follow you for sure. I remember that yeah. was my; those were big MySpace days, right? So any followers you had were maybe on MySpace, so now, yes. they're, now they're gone. Now they're more. gone, and like every once in a while, like I was in Irvine last weekend, and I had some people come up to me and like, "I've been hanging out. I've been watching you since last Comic Standing," and you're like, "You are like a coelacanth. Like <laughs> I thought you were extinct." But Do you have you're any back. jokes you've you're have been doing since last Comic Standing? Oh God, no. <laughs> No, no, no. What's uh, your oldest joke that you hate telling the most? I don't hate telling it, but people love my Taco Bell bit from mm-hmm. like two albums ago, like okay. the, from Ugly and Angry, which is kind of like the big album so far. Uh-huh. Uh, people love the Taco Bell bit, and they request it all the time. So I had to like go so back, still do, yeah. and I'll do it at the end. But I definitely do it like I don't try to put it in there like, oh, this just happened. I go, hey. Here's an old bit that I know you guys like. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, when I was in Lexington this weekend, I was talking with Jordan, the owner. Yeah. And he was telling me, like, there's this new thing where comedians now, part of being comedians, having new stuff every time they come and and all these new, all the new big guys, that's their thing. But he said, all the comedians that he still books from like the 80s and 90s that were big then, they all do like their greatest hits every time they come and and they and the audience wants it and that's what they want to do they don't want to do it's something i learned because i was always the guy that's like no i'm gonna do the new stuff like i don't know just as a 
I'm a big rock and roll fan. Like I've been to a thousand concerts in my life, and I love the shows where they play the deep cuts and they play the stuff that you haven't heard forever. Like that, that that always made sense to me and made me feel better than when they just went out and played the hits. Mm-hmm. So that's how I approached it. But then I did a show with Burt Kreischer, and he was kind of lamenting on the fact that he had to do the because he was working on his new hour yeah and he was just lamenting on the fact that he was like i gotta take 12 minutes out of this to do the machine bit and i was i'm like i'm the that hipster dude that's like no you don't you just yeah, you're the artist it. you do whatever you want to do and he goes you think so i go yeah he goes watch this and they bring him up on stage and he walks up there and he does this big introduction and then he goes uh, before i get into this by raise of hands how many of you have to hear the machine bit today and there was like half of them put their hands up. They're like, I have to hear this bit. And yeah. he and Bert looked directly at me from stage and goes, that's all I needed to know. And like that was just like the big, that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in 10 years. Damn. So I immediately went back to the hotel room, listened to all the old bits that everyone had been requesting that I was like, I don't fucking do that bit anymore. And now I'm like, you want to hear that bit? Here it, it is. is. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah, you can make yourself happy with new stuff and you can make them happy. Yeah, and they lose their fucking mind. Like it's insane. Like I'll start the Taco Bell bit in some markets and people will start cheering like it's the first notes to their favorite song. Yeah. And they'll mouth the bit along with me and it's that's almost a that's greater wild. it's a hey, that gra- kind of feels cool too you're yeah, like wow you're like, they love I'm, this oh these people actually give a fuck yeah i remember when i was 16 i paid to go see nick swardson and he did his new hour and then at the end like kind of like as an encore he goes all right what old jokes do you guys want to hear yeah and then people would yell out jokes that he had to tell i would uh i got to open for hedberg a lot and people would just yell out bits and one of i remember we were all pretty fucked up, but Mitch was pretty drunk, and he, we were at the Stardome, and he walked out there, and he was trying to do his show, and people were just yelling bits out, and he literally, because there's like a riser in the back of the Stardome, and he just laid on the, he laid on it, and people would yell out bits, and he would just do them. While laying down. While laying down, and I'm not kidding you, he did 45 minutes laying down and got a standing ovation. That's sick. It was the it was like the coolest thing ever. He's <laughs> like, no, I'm literally gonna lay down and destroy. Wow. How'd you get to meet Mitch Hegberg? I was I opened for him at Uncle Funny's in Fort Lauderdale when that was still a thing. And it was Is that where you're from, Florida? No, I'm from Kansas. Oh, that's I, right. I just yeah, Kansas. I was in Florida for like as a feature act, you know, you would Trying to book booked, as yeah. much as you could. And so, like, I had like three weeks in Florida, like Tampa, Orlando, and then Fort Lauderdale. But at this time, and you were living in Kansas City. Still living in yeah. Kansas City. And I just remember they were like, you're going to open for Mitch Hedberg in Fort Lauderdale. And, like, he was still kind of underground. Like, he. Yeah, he was a headliner, but he wasn't. Yeah. Like, huge. people were like, the people that knew him were like, fucking Hedberg. And then people were like, you know, he wasn't filling rooms yet. Right. And, like, he had just gotten copies of his first cd that weekend he was like i'm gonna try to sell these and see what happens and uh we just kind of hit it off we just kind of made friends and you know we're both into music and so we just talk about that and then he was also one of the nicest guys in the world so he was like yeah man if you ever need to get into a club or anything just let me know if i'm playing that's how i got into the stardom was he was like you gotta i'm gonna bring this kid chris porter say and then that's that's how it happened yeah, nowadays it's like, I don't know, how how was it back then? Was it still like where you go and feature and the club rate maybe makes you break even? Oh, yeah. It was a lot of like, especially as a feature, you have to sell something. Yeah, I just, this year has been the first year where I'm like featuring a lot. Yeah. Before it was like, oh, maybe I'll get a feature a couple times a year when someone brings me. Yeah. And this year it's like, I'm, you know, 10 of the last 12 weekends I've been on the road. And luckily, all the headliners that bring me will throw me a little extra because yeah. they're my friends or whatever. They know that the clubs don't pay shit. And you're just barely breaking even. I'm barely breaking even. But I'm thinking about that because I hear about how people used to make a living featuring. I'm like, there's no way I could I could make a living. Maybe if I got lucky and got a cheap flight and sold a little merch, I'd walk away with a couple hundred bucks. Well, that was also still during the time where you could pick up a plane ticket for 200 bucks if yeah. you did it out far enough. And mm-hmm. so you could make a little bit... 
the margins were a little bit better. But now, you know, any plane ticket out of L.A. is three fifty. Yeah. Unless you're going to Vegas or something. So, yeah, it does. Your margins are shot. But it was also like I was still living in Kansas. So, like I said, I could line up three gigs oh, in right. Florida and just kind of kind of save on some expenses a little bit but yeah it was definitely there were i'm just now i feel like getting to a point where like if i lost a gig it wouldn't be devastating like as a feature act mm-hmm. like you're you're begging for every gig right. and if it falls through you're fucked <laughs> yeah and so uh and that's just kind of the struggle for the longest time mm-hmm. uh, being a young comic is just making it and making ends meet and yeah when i was featuring you there was no uber there was no li- like oh it's you had you had to just either had drive to have a or job. rent a car yeah. yeah like you like comics now have that option like if i have a four-door car i can go out monday tuesday wednesday and make some oh, money. And be an uber driver on the be side. An uber yeah. driver yeah or postmates or any mm-hmm. of the any of these very simple independent contractor jobs those weren't like yeah. i worked at yeah, i worked at a mall do doing security because the long security guard did you have a guard card uh, no we had no. i actually lit i actually worked at the rich mall and we drove around bmws that sounds not that bad it was pretty great <laughs> and uh the What's guy that security guard movie with mall, was it, mall cop Seth, or whatever yeah it was, yeah, yeah. It was i never guy. saw that but there were definitely dudes like that because i was the guy I, it was just a job like i didn't give a shit i didn't want to tackle people i just wanted to get a paycheck did you ever have to yeah, just once. Because I was, was pre CrossFit, Chris. Too. That was, this was very like much pre CrossFit, Chris. Chris. This was skinny, very out of shape. I feel like, yeah, you were just skinny. Even when I moved here about seven, eight years ago, first time I met you was playing softball. Yeah. 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 And then, um, which I still do, by the way, it's still a lot of fun. Well, what team do you play on now? I play. There's a game in the valley that's literally been going on for 25 years, and it's just a bunch of industry dudes, and they. It's the same 20 dudes play the same 20 dudes. It's just different teams every week. Are you still the best on the team? Because the Comedy Store softball team was like, you know, a lot of fun, but maybe not the highest caliber of players. We had a few great players. We had like Alejandro and... Alejandro's I, amazing. He I lives think, in my building. And so. Brody Brody played with us, I think, a few times. If I, I, came, I, must have came, I came there post-Brody. Oh, okay. Brody didn't really play when I played there. Uh, but no, that I love... That was a lot of fun doing Super that. Super fun. But yeah. That but was, we weren't, the, you know, I we played, in my opinion, when I went to the games, I'm like, this is just for fun because most games we got murdered by we the got other mur- team. And the games that we were in, we just had a lot of fun and we were excited. The only one who took it really seriously was Richie. Yeah. And he kind of ruined the team. <laughs> like he made it so people didn't want to come. Yeah. yeah. And he, we ran out of girls. We got so into the game. And I, I just wanted to be like, dude, we're the comedy store softball team. We're just like, uh, yeah, remember how excited we were that they gave us jerseys? Yeah. I still have mine. Yeah, me too. That's what, and I'm, it was like a misfit. It wasn't even like, there's it wasn't there's something wrong with those jerseys, but I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. They're a little tight. Yeah. They just like are a weird fit. They're like long arms, but tight on my chest. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what we had and what about longboarding how'd you get into longboarding uh well i never i just bought the electric skateboard because i was dating a girl and she bought one and i just saw it i was that's like, something you don't hear you, uh, the girl got you into longboarding yeah okay and so she we i went to dinner and she showed up on it and i'm like what is this thing she's like it's an electric skateboard and she told me all about it she showed up to the first date on her electric longboard uh no this was a few dates oh, yeah, okay. down but she she had just gotten it and she yeah. was super excited yeah yeah and i was like wait this thing just how long does it go and she's like like 10 miles and i'm like get the fuck out of here like this would be perfect but did you ever skate or longboard before you got I the electric skated one? in elementary school and junior high like my friends up the street had a quarter pipe but were I, you like because, I mean, go, those things go 20, 25 miles an hour. Yeah. You got to be somewhat coordinated and know what you're doing. I wouldn't just, like, jump on one. So did you pra- have to practice? Did you? Yeah, the first couple of days were rough. Like, it was just like, oh, shit, I haven't done this in forever. I got used on my electric skateboard. I got it. Same reason as you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this just around, you know, this, this West yeah. Hollywood area. So I don't have to drive. Just got my longboard. One day I'm coming back from the Laugh Factory on Hollywood Boulevard right here, going on the street, not the sidewalk, because sidewalks are all cracked, up, so, are yeah. the, so are the streets, and uh, I hit a crack, 
and ate shit. Oh yeah, I've done scraped that. off all the skin. Yep. On my arm, I've been like kind of scared to get back on since. I knew when I bought it. Like I even said to myself before I hit, I was like, "You're gonna eat shit." Yeah. Like there's just no way that you don't own this thing and eventually eat shit. Yeah. And I had a few lucky ones, and then I had one just like you where I was coming up Coenga, and I was watching somebody come out of a gas station because they never look. Yeah. And I'm just watching him, making sure he doesn't hit me, and all of a sudden the road was gone. There was a giant gap in it, and my board's gone, and I'm in middle air. And, yeah, huge gash in my hand. Phone went everywhere. Yeah. And uh, just like – also, there's that embarrassment of – I don't know how many people saw you do it, it was just a few cars that were driving by, luckily, so they they were gone pretty quick. But I had people like full on walking by, like, "Oh shit, you okay, bro? You okay?" And I had to like, clean, you know, I'm just bleeding down, and I just literally went back to my apartment, cleaned it all up, and got back on it and kept going. And then fell yeah. again later that day on that same hand. It was the worst. Wow. But- oh, so you were literally kept going that same day. That same day, yeah, I was just like, so well. You're, you got more balls than me. Me, I was like, <laughs> I need a break from this. I was like, these roads. I, I finished from there. I'm like, I'll still use my electric skateboard, but I got to know what road I'm going on. Like, there's too many cracks around here. Oh, yeah, the roads here are shit. They're so shitty. And not only that, no one's paying attention. I got nudged by a Prius the other night. I was, he was turning right. I knew he didn't see me, but I also had the right away, and I was like, he'll look before he goes, and he didn't. And he caught me at the very end, like he just nudged my leg, but it was enough to get me off my board. Yeah. But I got, I landed on my feet, but my board went shooting everywhere. Everyone in the intersection stopped, and I fucking screamed. I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, you yelled at him? Oh, fuck yeah! And what was he like? Oh, he was super. Like that was my bad. I didn't see you. I'm so sorry. And I was like, "You need to fucking pay attention." And I just kept like texting and driving. That'll do it. Yeah, I, it's like uh, anytime I meet someone on a, that has a motorcycle in LA, same thing. I'm like, it's not a matter of if you're gonna crash your bike; it's when yeah. something's gonna happen. But someone eventually is going to not. There's just too much shit going on in this city and in your car for you not to get. I used to do a long distance longboarding before I did comedy, and uh, this is my bragging moment. I skateboarded from San Francisco to San Diego one time get on the a longboard. Fuck out of here. And then I did a cross-country tag team relay-style one from Oregon to New York City. Get out of here. In How long did nuts. it take you to get from San Francisco to... Two weeks. Two Four, weeks. 14 days. We had 30-pound backpacks. It was uh, started with six people doing it. Three people finished yeah. the trip. And it was actually pretty awesome. Pretty tiring. Yeah. At the end of the day. But pretty, I bet you had one fun. foot that was just no, really I learned sore. To pu- I learned to push regular and mongo. So oh, I okay. could push with both, both feet. Nice. I don't yeah, know what Mongo that. even see. That's why. That's why I bought the escape, the electric one. I was like, I don't want to. So, oh yes, yeah, so you don't even push. But Mongo is when you put your right foot on the board and you take your left foot and put it on the left side and push. Oh, okay. And then when you get back on the board, you put it in front. Whereas the regular way to push is you have your left foot on the front and you take your right foot off. Oh, the board. okay. See, we all learned stuff today, folks. Mm-hmm. Mongo. Mongo. Mongo skaters. It's it's goofy to be a Mongo skater if you see like any professional skater skating mongo people would be like that guy doesn't know how to skate now do you do the downhill longboarding where they go super fast yeah a little bit but that's that can get dicey especially when you know when i did those cross-country things you don't know the area or the hill so half the time you're going down this hill you don't even see the bottom you don't know how steep it's going to get you don't know if there's going to be like a 90 degree turn somewhere Yeah, yeah yeah So if it was too crazy, I would just get off my board and walk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that not, seems like I'm the not safe fearless. route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm put, I'm a pussy at the end of the day. One time, uh, on the on the trip, we had one girl with us. We all got off our boards, and she was a little behind us, and she's just trying to catch up. So her, her name was Lynn. She was like a hundred pound little Asian girl. Yeah. And we're all off our boards walking, and then all of a sudden. We hear someone coming on a skateboard and she is mobbing down this hill and she looks at me and I, I like have fear in my eyes for her. I'm like, (laughs) and that's actually, she wasn't scared until she saw me scared. Yeah. And then she was like, why, why is he looking like that? And then she looks ahead and she sees there's like a 90 degree turn at the bottom, just like I thought. And she has to bail, but she's probably going, you know, 30 miles really fast at this point. Yeah. She ain't pretty anymore. 
Oh my! I literally thought so. She she jumps off her board, rolls, not because she wants to roll, because, because like gravity, physics, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she's laying there. I literally thought she was unconscious. I was had my phone out, about to call nine one one. I get yeah. over there, she's just crying on the <sighs> ground, and she got up and kept skating, but did. And then uh, she actually she didn't quit the trip. I had to force her to stop. She kept falling, kept falling behind. Yeah, and I'd say, hey. You're done. Uh, you're done. Because I was, I was kind of leading the trip. Oh, okay. And I felt I was like, if she dies, that's gonna be partially totally on, on me. you. I'm yeah. like, you have to, you have to go home. You're the toughest chick ever, but but you gotta stop. You, yeah, you're you're not well. You're, you can't. You're do not this. doing well. You're not. Do- I remember we got home that day that she fell. We're taking. We're in our mo- shitty motel room, and I hear her in the shower. And she's sobbing in the sour shower because it hurts so bad. Just the water touching her. Yeah, just her coming down open wounds. On open wounds. And a shitty, that shitty hotel water. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> shitty motel water and wherever yeah. the fuck we were. They probably get out of like a sump pump somewhere. Oh my God. But yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to plan a weekend. Once a year, I want to do a charity weekend uh-huh. where I get me and whoever wants to do it and skateboard from just LA to San Diego. Oh, okay. That would take about two days, I think average so i want to do that once a year but it would take me like ideas. two weeks because i'd skate 10 miles and then i have to charge for three hours and <laughs> that then. might even be faster yeah <laughs> How much you can bring you extra batteries uh, about 30 on average oh, okay about 30 miles yeah. wow because and then when we did the cross country one we had a car following us and okay. we did relay style so like i would skate 30 miles and the next guy would skate 30 miles and or you, however and many was. hang out in the car and we could hang out in the car so that we would go cover like 100 to 150 a day that that car had to smell I'm thinking. It was a suburban, and there were five guys in it, and yes, it smelled yeah. like bo. For yeah, I bet. Sure. Like where you were like, you know what? I'm gonna do this next leg too because this thing. <laughs> that big. actually happened. The people would get bored and would be like, I'm gonna skate both, but not because of smell necessarily, but yeah, just, just, just for fun. Them. Yeah. yeah, being in the car all day. That's crazy. And how long did it take you to get from to do the cross country then? A little over a month. Really? Yeah, yeah. and it was way easier than the California. When how I, do you make money? Do you make money doing that? Are there like sponsors? Um, we had sponsors. We were doing it for charity. I On both trips, I probably lost um, a few thousand dollars in really? my pocket for the cross country one. Uh, the trip got canceled a few times because people would bail. Like you, oh. people hear the idea and they go, "I want to do that. That sounds cool." Yeah. And then of course, a couple weeks come to the trip, they go, "I, I can't do sounds that." Sounds like a great idea until it comes time. Yeah. It sounds like, like one I, of those drunk plans. Right. Yeah. It sounds like that. So literally, I had the trip fall through twice, and this is after me telling people I'm going to do it. Yeah. One time, I had the news come and do a story on me, and then <laughs> and I and then I didn't, didn't do happen? it. Oh. It was like <laughs> in, it was embarrassing. Like my pride was hurt. So third time, like I have to do it. I took a semester off college and I just worked full time and I paid for me and four other people to do it. Really? So I paid for all the gas, did everything. That's crazy. Yeah, I, it was like I had to. I looked at I that looked, point. Yeah, I looked, looked like a liar. Just a guy that's trying to get on the news. <laughs> yeah, it was. They're literally on. I mean, it was local news. No one saw it, but still, it was like. So without, I mean, not to be disrespectful. So you're kind of like the Forrest Gump of. Yeah, longboarding, longboarding a little bit. Like, I just like to skate. I just yeah, they're like I made up this whole story of how I was mentoring a child, and he, and he motivated <laughs> me to do it. How many wheels do you go through on a cross country? Surprisingly, trip? I mean, I had r- the nicest longboards money could buy because yeah. I had sponsors and stuff. So on one trip, I, only one pair, and then on in New York, one of them like fell off and rolled away. So I had two sets or, oh, okay. in uh on the trip to New York. So not that many. And same with the decks lasted the whole time. One of them got ran over, so we had to change a deck. Yeah. But, yeah, they held up bearings. Those are the things you have to change the most. For sure. Because the bearings get all greased or dirty and then don't yeah. slide. So That's, that's cool. crazy. Yeah, it was pretty wild. But that's my, my long-term charity. Once When I get rich, yeah. like Seth Rogen rich, Sounds like you kind of already are. Charity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I took have. a month off work and skated across. Well, this was at, you know, this was a time I was... Uh, 20 years old for the cross country trip. Oh, okay. So it was like, I just took a month off and spent all my money on it because I didn't care. Uh, I was yeah, like, and also oh, when I'll you're go 20, completely bro- broke to do you can, like, You can handle a shitty, like a super shitty Oh, yeah, hotel. we slept in tents a lot of times. Yeah, too. yeah, and you're we like, this even, is fine. And the, at the time, too, we would stop on the side of the road. This is how, I would never do this now. I just like don't have it in me. But we would literally cold call restaurants and hotels like throughout the day and say, hey, we're skating across America. We're wondering if you'd want to donate a room or a pizza to our to our group that's doing it. Like yeah. basically homeless people. For sure. Calling and begging for shit. 
uh, with a little more class. What was your success rate? Higher than you think. Yeah, P- I would think so. Pizza was the go-to. Yeah. Like a lot of regular restaurants would be like, uh, I don't know, but all pizza places would be like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a free pizza. Sure. For sure. So we got ate so much pizza on that trip it was crazy and then of course we finished in new york city so we get to new york and we're like more pizza we gotta get new york pizza (laughs) so so we had an insane amount of pizza and then hotel rooms weren't quite as successful you get offered a lot of discounts yeah but every once in a while you get like a religious person those are people who they have soft hearts and they want to help for sure so if they're like a, a catholic or a mormon they'd be like yeah we'll give you guys a free room yeah blah blah People, That's awesome. people hate on religion. Those are the nicest people. I remember when I was coming up, uh, there was this comic slash booker named, he, they called him the Manker. His name was Gary Manky. He's Well, his name still is. He's alive. But uh, he was known for calling place, getting shit for free tickets. Like he would call Pete. I remember the first time I met him was in Sioux Falls and he called three different pizza places. He's like, hey, uh, we got four free tickets to the comedy club. We were just wanting to know if we could trade it for a free pizza. We got three pizzas that day. He got uh, his big claim to fame was he got four free tires for four comedy club tickets. Whoa. Yeah. Like he was just that. That's smart. He, he was he was a negotiator, but also he was the guy that would just ride you till you gave up. Half of yeah, half of it is just willing, being willing to do that. Yeah, just like kind some, of being enough of a dick. If someone was like, "Hey, call this restaurant now and try and trade tickets for food," I'd be like, "I'm just gonna go buy food. Yeah, I don't want to do don't that." Need free shit. That yeah, bad. I don't need it that bad. Ever. But this was at a time where I needed the yeah. to save that ten dollars that day. Yeah, the ten dollars you save when you're a feature act is a ten dollars like will buy you weed <laughs> or Applebee's, and I, when you're featuring Chili's is a good meal. I still like chilies. Dude, I don't mind it. Everyone Dude, rips on chilies. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'll have a chicky sandwich in yeah, a president. Chicken crispers or burgers. But solid American food. Not bad fries either. In Lexington, where I was this weekend, they had every chain restaurant you could possibly imagine. Yeah. In that's that one mile strip. The, I remember going to Knoxville, Tennessee and being on like kind of a health kick at the time. And getting to my hotel and looking down and it was literally Chili's, Applebee's, TGI Friday's, Taco Bell, McDonald's. There was nothing less than like, well, 3,000 calories. Letting, I'm letting it go this weekend. Yeah, you're no. like, if the healthiest option is Chili's, you're fucked. A McDonald's salad? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Is there fried chicken see, in this I don't have. I don't have the willpower. When I see oh, there's no good healthy food around, it's just junk. I don't have the willpower to go there and be like, I'll get a burger with no bun. Oh, no. I, I can't do it. Because you're still eating all the preservatives. So you might True. as well just have fun with it. Yeah, you might as well. Just like, what's the poorest you've ever been? Uh, now you have millions and millions of dollars. But yeah, the millions. Uh, I, uh, I just remember when I was first starting doing comedy, I was living with some friends of mine in an unfurnished basement in midtown Kansas City. Like, we weren't in the ghetto. We, we called it the suburbs of the ghetto. Like, you could walk around at night, but also a crackhead might knock on your door and offer you a microwave. That's kind of how it is here. This is, like, a pretty safe neighborhood, but you're still in Hollywood. Yeah. So, it's like... So, like, last night, I live right up the street. There was yeah. an explosion at, like, 1 in the morning, <laughs> and everyone was, like, outside trying to figure out what the fuck it was, and the cops and the fire department are literally doing laps around our neighborhood, and... Like, at first, we're like, oh, they're going to go to it. And then on the second lap, I'm like, these people don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> they don't know as much as I don't know. And the cop came up to us. and was like, so, uh, did you guys see anything or hear anything? And we're like, we heard a big-ass explosion. But, yeah, so you're just in that neighborhood where, like, shit like that. But I just remember every day, because I was kind of, like, doing side work for the comedy club and stuff. Like, I just needed to make enough money every day. Like, I remember I needed to make 25 bucks a day. So that I could, live. Go, I could go to Wendy's, <laughs> buy a pack of cigarettes, and go to Wendy's again. Like, Wendy's was, like, my staple. Yeah. And But I just remember, I remember going into convenience stores and looking at candy bars and just being like, I can't afford that right now. Damn. And when did you decide, okay, I got to move to Los Angeles? Uh like 2005, well, 2004, really, I was at a point where I was featuring 30 weeks a year on the road, and I was starting to do, I was starting to headline clubs, but I was running into the, you're funny, you're an, you have a great hour, but no one's going to come to see you yeah. because they don't know who the fuck you are, which is 
absolutely true. Yeah. Everyone, and that's the thing young comics don't get is they think just because you can be on stage for 45 minutes and handle a crowd that you should be headlining. No. But no, you have to be able to draw tickets, and that's something you don't really learn until you have to. And uh, so when I, I moved to L.A. when it was just like, I have to get on TV, I have to do something in order to continue this career. Yeah, to progress. So, uh, and I was headlining, you know, and then I was starting to like open the theater shows in Kansas City. So it was like, this is all you're ever going to be able to do from here. Yeah. This is the pinnacle. So I decided to visit both New York and L.A. because you have to decide and... I made sure to go to New York like in the middle of January because I didn't want to go in spring when it's romantic and awesome. Oh, you wanted to go? I wanted <laughs> to go, go the when it was time. like, this is the worst it's going to be, so can you deal with this? And I just thought to myself, being from Kansas and especially growing up in kind of rural Kansas, I needed to, I needed to be able to like go outside and hang out and that that is not except for like in central park that's not really an apt- option in, and New York in City. the middle of winter it's, no fl- one goes in central park either you just stay inside exactly and i was just like man if i'm gonna be broke it should at least be nice out so that's why i chose la and uh i'm really glad i did like i i I loved L.A. before I did comedy. My aunt and uncle lived out here when I was 14, and I remember coming out here on vacation, and my parents fucking hated it. And I'm looking around like, why don't we live here? It's 75 every day, and there's all this sh- the energy. This is before you understood that rent here was four times the price of Kansas City. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, and I think my parents are like, it's so expensive. Yeah. But, and still, but even in like 95, 94, it wasn't that bad, really. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, not comparative to now. Yeah. And uh and I was just like, yeah, of course it's expensive. It's fucking awesome here. You pay for what you get. And so like even before I comedy was in thought, I was like, I have to I have to move to LA. Like or at least live there for a little bit and like just the whole, you know, cuz my aunt and uncle lived in Santa Monica, so it was like the whole like the real LA scene and uh and I was, and I just fell in love with it, and I, and I feel like I'm still in love with it. I was home in Kansas City for too long this last trip. I went to Kansas City with Theo, and uh, we, I, and he made me dress like a cowboy the whole weekend on stage, <laughs> and then <laughs> for fun, we went and got barbecue one day, yeah, which was awesome, and then we went to the. Jesse, Jesse James. James I saw the thing on Instagram because uh, Theo was tagging me in all the Instagram. Oh, posts. he was. Yeah, he was like, and that was like pretty much all there was to do. That well, was, and to be fair, I've never been to the Jesse yeah, no, James. Yeah, Museum. we said that to people, and people were like, "What?" <laughs> I didn't even know that. I thought that was way out. Was that an Independence or something? I don't remember the name of the. Uh, but that's also the problem because the club, the Improv, is way up north, so you never actually see like real Kansas City. True. Like you have to like take yeah like we were a, in like the suburbs. You have to take like a twenty five dollar Uber downtown to like yeah. actually get what Kansas City is about, and most comics aren't going to do that because you're there for three days. Yeah, and you got shit to do. Yeah, uh, but uh, point is like when I went home to Kansas City, I went for the holiday. I go always go back for the fourth because I like Kansas does Fourth of July right. Like you can buy fireworks and blow oh, shit yeah. up. And Why can't we do that? Here? Like the fucking cops drive by and are like. That's a good one. Like, they don't give a shit. (laughs) And so I always go back for the fourth. But this time, I wanted to come on Monday, but this they wanted me to stay for this charity event, this company I do a lot of work with. So I had to stay four extra days just just for For one gig. Yeah. And uh, so I had like three days off in Kansas City where, like, when I go back for the holidays, everybody's off work and we all get to hang out. But come Monday, when everyone has to go back to work, I realized, oh, I can't. I can't live here anymore yeah. ever again because you all don't live the life that I like this whole like us meeting on a Monday at 11 a.m. and doing a oh, podcast. Yeah. If you ask someone to do that in Kansas City, they would look at you with so much anger. Like, fuck you. I have to take off work. Like, I, have, like I work at 11 a.m. on a Monday. You're like, oh, that's right. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You're a human being. I remember my buddy who doesn't speak to me anymore. And I don't know if this is why, but I remember like, hey, what are you doing for lunch tomorrow? And he's like, I'm fucking working. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Dude, the comedy lifestyle is kind of, even if you're poor, it's addictive. If you do it a few years, 
you can't go back to waking up at eight in the morning to go no. to a job. Although five days a week, I have noticed that the older I get, the earlier I wake up, no matter what time I go to bed. Like I went to after the explosion and everything, and I got back into bed and got reset. It was probably like two a.m. before I went to bed, and I'm still up at seven. Not me, but that's good, dude. I, I'm looking forward get, to that. Wait till you turn forty, and it pisses yeah, yeah. you off. Also, as a comic, you wake up at seven thirty. What the fuck am I gonna do? Yeah. Like, what I do guess I have I'll, to, uh, like if you have like a writing right, job or yeah. something, that's one thing. But if you're just waking up, like all right, but that'll get me to nine, right. maybe. Yeah, you can't you can't write stand up for more than two hours straight. No, because yeah. it starts getting real weird and opinion <laughs> after that. You get you start going crazy in your head, and then you can't think of anything. You're like, I fucking suck. This sucks. And also, I for probably since I was 24, I've smoked pot literally from wake up to go to sleep. And these last couple weeks, I've been not smoking pot during the day. And so I need to make the days kind of short. Like, if I wake up at 7 a.m., that's a lot longer. What was what made you decide I'm not smoking pot during the day anymore? I just felt like I was 40. And, like, you should be, at that age, you should be sober at least as much as you're high. <laughs> at least, it should be 50-50, but it should probably, you should probably be sober more. And then, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's definitely a ceiling on the caliber of woman you can get when you're yeah, high I mean, all yeah, the time. Yeah, some girl meets you and they go, you're forting, you're high all the time? Just all, uh, yeah. There's no a, thing. There's all, yeah, exactly. And so I had a few girls. Same thing with my, my scorpions. Yes. Me yeah, smoking like, weed all the time is basically having a scorpion. <laughs> and so... And I had a couple of girls kind of walk away, and they didn't say it was because of the weed, but I'm like, probably didn't help. Yeah, didn't help keep them for sure. Didn't help them think of you as a, for whatever reason, even though, even though it's legal here. Yeah. You know, if you're high all day, you're still going to be looked at as a pothead. Pothead, and it doesn't matter how much money, like, you can be successful, you can have plenty of money, and take them to all you the nice restaurants. special on Netflix. And they still, matter. you're still, but also, like, when you start smoking at noon... By the time date time comes around at 8 p.m., you're fucking four bowls deep and you're just like, hey. That's what I was saying. I, I don't care what po- any pothead says because, you know, you meet the average pothead. They go, I could do anything on weed. It doesn't change me at all. It, well, it does for most people because for yeah. me, if I smoke weed, it makes me lazy. It makes me. And for a long time, I was definitely that person where it was like, no, man, I just smoke. And other people would be like, I didn't even know you were high. And I'd be like, oh, I'm fucking baked. And. But also, like, you realize, well, if I'm like this when I'm high, I could probably be a lot better if I wasn't. Like, imagine what I could do if I was sober. And so, I think it's just more for contrast, really. I just like to see what it's like to be sober more than I am. What else in your life are you trying to improve on? What's something I could help you with? Huh. I don't know. I'm just trying to be... uh... Because I could... I'm really an expert on everything in the okay. whole world. I see it by the sign. Yeah, I'm a therapist. And uh, <laughs> any any problem in your life, I could completely fix 100%. Okay, well, I'm, I, like I said earlier, I'm having trouble keeping good women to, from leaving. Yeah? yeah? They're leaving you? They're leaving me. Wow. That's been the trend. It's been, it's weird. I went... Do you have a nice apartment? I do have a decent apartment. Decent apartment. Like, it's well furnished. It's clean. It's a little dated, but that's not... I mean, I can't... I don't... Own the building. Yeah, you're not on the building. You can't. You don't want to put too much money into someone yeah, else's property. Not going to renovate property. Just, yeah, it's, it's nice, got a cool like 70s vibe. As long as you have a nice couch and a nice bed. Nice couch, very nice bed. I finally got a bed frame. That's new. That's important. Yeah, that, that could help a lot. And girls uh, need bed frames. Yeah. Do you have a headboard? No. Oh, you need a headboard. Do I need a headboard? Absolutely. Is that the deal? That's definitely imp- part of it. Maybe that's why they're leaving. That could that could be a part of it. Headboard. Yeah, you need a you need a headboard. They need someone to put their head against. Yeah, it's, it's just a cosmetic thing. Even if it's against the wall, you need girls need headboards. They're, and it's Prime Day. I might creature. go on Prime today and see if I can get a headboard. Get them. Yeah, just get a. You could get them that attached right to the frame. Dude, fifty to a hundred dollars. That's that's probably what kind of car do you drive? Uh, it's a Volvo. Volvo safe convertible. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Hard top. Hard top. I haven't even seen that car. That's pretty nice. It's nice, yeah. Okay, it's a little so you, it's it's twelve years old. So you got your shit together. You have yeah. a you have a Volvo convertible. You have a nice apartment with a 
queen size bed? Uh, king. King size yeah. bed. Are you I'm nice? S- Do you treat these women very n- much? Nice with almost respect? too nice. Maybe that's what it is. I think that's a lot of it. Yeah, maybe yeah. you gotta be a little. I think meaner. women want a little friction. Well, where do you typically meet women? Comedy clubs? Uh, just around, just socially. You try uh, the apps? No, I don't do the apps anymore. Wh- why anymore? What happened? I did the apps till like five years ago, and then I dated a girl for like two and a half years, mm-hmm. two years, and then when I got done with that, I I went to download the apps, and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I never really had a lot of success with the apps. First yeah. off, the dates I did have from the apps were usually fucking weird. Yeah, it's a numbers game. And the then app. also, I've been in too many bars hanging out with friends and the Tinder date happens. Like you see, because it's always the same. Like they walk up to each other and they're like, Karen? They're like, yeah, Okay. And, like, immediately everyone knows that this is a Tinder or a Bumble date or whatever the fuck. And, like, I know when I'm there and I hear that, I stop. This conversation ends and now we're listening and we're judging. (laughs) So you got to pick a a different kind of Tinder spot where you won't be embarrassed. I think the thing is, is, like, you have to agree to meet out front. Oh, yeah, you could do that, too. I like to do a thing where I make them go on chores with me. That really? way it doesn't, you know, like, take hey, away from my day. Hey, I have to go. You want to meet me at the grocery store and help me go grocery shopping? Things like that. Are you serious? Yeah. It's a good, it's a good move. Good. Really? Or if like I'm going to do CrossFit. Yeah. You go, hey, come do this CrossFit class with me. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So the first thing you do is just sweat balls in front of her? I have like I'll, a lot. Uh, one of my go-to first dates is going rock climbing. Cause that way, well, even fun. if it's a really shitty date. Yeah. I still got to go rock climbing. That's, that's cool. Like. That's what, yes, yeah, for me, because I've just had too many bad dates where I'm like, I just wasted two to three hours because I'm too nice. Like, if I meet a girl even for coffee and I know within a second I'm not into them, yeah. they're catfish me, whatever, I'll still sit there and talk to them for an hour and buy them coffee. And then I leave going, great, I just wasted two hours of my day and night. On I, this do girl like, I, no I do like, I do like, I'm always like, let's go get a drink first. Like, that's the initial one. Just one or two. Like kind of have a conversation, no meal, and it's kind of, and that's something I learned from Neil Brennan was just like you converse. It's cheaper. With, it's cheaper, but it's also less commitment. It's less commitment, but still, even you get a couple of drinks, you wind up spending an hour. And the other thing with drinks is, I you know I still have high standards when it comes to girls. Yeah. But if I'm drinking with a girl, it's that means it's already kind of later at night. I'm at the bar. It makes me lower my standards a little bit. I go, I'm drinking. Ah, maybe she's okay. Maybe she's good enough. And then I'll, you know, I'll try and make out with her or something. And I'm like, why? I don't even like. Why did I just make out with that girl? I don't even like her at all. Oh, okay. So it's like drinking. Even if I'm not wasted, I don't want to say makes me do bad decisions. It's not. I'm not gonna hook up with every girl because I'm drinking. But yeah. it does like lower my standards a little bit to where I'm like, I don't think drinking's a good. Here's another positive. For me. I feel for the drinking for the drink is like you can also kind of gauge where she what she wants from it because like if you have a couple drinks and she just wants to hook up then odds are you're probably going to hook up that night yeah but also if she's like I think you're really hot but we can't hook up tonight you're like oh this girl wants to date me so you kind of can kind of play you see what she wants and what you're getting yourself into it's that's such a a frustrating thing with me is uh, not frustrating but when a girl's like, I want to wait and date you more, I'm like, why can't we just do both? Yeah. Well, girls. but I also understand. Here's what it is. It's like girls think if I have sex with you, then I lose interest. And what I think it really does is when I have sex with you, it makes me kind of sum up how I feel about yeah, you immediately. Yeah, it expedites things. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, well, I don't want to date you. Right. Like I this I thought I did, and now that we've had sex and we've hung out for a little bit, I, this is cool and everything, but this isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah, but what they don't realize is that's not because of the sex. It's that's just made it happen faster. Yeah, but there's definitely women. I've I've had sex with women on the first date and still fucking fell head over heels yeah. for. Them. Like yeah, my last girlfriend. We had sex first date. We she moved in with me three weeks later. Yeah, that's fuck. That was some good sex. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did that last? Uh, maybe six or eight months. Okay. It ended disastrous, as bad as it, you'd think it would. Yeah, it yeah. Ended, 
Well, we we broke up like we were kind of off and on, and then our last on, she caught me messaging um, other women on Facebook, oh, made happen. a mistake, yeah, yeah, and then she took all my stuff and gave it to my neighbor's garage sale one day while I was at work. Get the fuck out of here! So I got home, she's gone, and all my stuff is gone. <laughs> in my apartment. I had to go meet my neighbor for the very first time. Yeah, yeah, and be like, uh, "That's my guitar you're playing." <laughs> <laughs> And it was. Did he give you a deal on your stuff? <laughs> yeah, give me a good deal. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But that's also like I've learned that lesson younger. When I was like 24, I moved in with a girl, real soon, and then you start to realize, woof. Yeah, I mean, a- you know what? I will say this about moving in. It's kind of like the whole sex thing, where it it makes things go faster. Oh, it expedites like, things immediately. Like I don't fully even regret moving in with her because if we never moved in together we might still be together right now oh yeah and i learned right away okay she's very messy to live with yeah. okay she gets very mood you know you learn all these things about the person that you really don't get to know until you live with someone dude i thought all women were super clean because my mom was and my sister is kind of but when i moved in with that girl when i was 24 i was like oh some of you are fucking dirt balls. Yeah, yeah, some of you are pigs. Like, I remember one night she was at work, and I just had the night off, and I walked in the li- bedroom, and it's just, the floor is just covered in clothes, none of which are mine. And so I just start folding and putting shit away. And two But hours- there's only so many days you could do that in a row where you're like, pick up after yourself. I remember Damn she it. walked in after I cleaned, and she genuinely thought I'd moved her out. <laughs> like, she walked in and was like, what happened? I go, what are you talking about? She was like, is everything okay? What Are you mad? And I was like, no, everything's in the fucking closet where it I, should yeah, be. I just, you know, I'm an adult. I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what, or, or like a girl's hair. I get it. Girls have long hair yeah. and it's going to fall out more than ours and it's going to be around. But it's like, you, I don't want to go in there and see 10 hairs on the shower wall. Oh, yeah, just the thing where they off. put the, they yeah, just, just wipe put it, it on the wall. When you're done. It's not a hair collection. Yeah. Why would you think anyone else wants to see that? Hey, Kara's missing. No, that's fine. I got plenty of her DNA (laughs) on the fucking shower. We can just make a new one. Yeah, it's true. Um, It's scary moving in with a girl, but I think if I were to write a dating book, I would say to move in with a girl as soon as you can. And that way you really... Yeah, I don't get the really like the people know. that like wait till they get married to get move in together. Oh, you that's are scary. You that's why you get divorced. Yeah, that must that literally must lead to so many divorces. I know religious people don't believe in divorce at all, so they just force it somehow to work, even if they hate each other. That's the other thing is like every religion says you can make mistakes, and that God will take care. You know, they got you can make amends, except for marriage. You can't make a mistake with that or you're The fucked. sanctity of marriage you're not allowed to mess up with. And it also, like, have you sense. met people that, there's a lot, like, I have relatives that should not be together, but because of their religious beliefs. Yeah, but then they just build this animosity towards each other. Yeah, they, they never hang other. out. They're bitter. They're constantly bickering. They're it's, miserable. And their kids grow up with that energy and then they yeah, get sucked they end up hating it. one of them. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I didn't like my mom. And it's like, man, I if my parents, I'm very fortunate, are still madly in love with each other, hang out all the time. I mean, they bicker, and it's a weird bickering, but very happy together. But so, if, what messed you up to do comedy then? Women. Women. My holes in your heart. My lack of confidence with women. Or did you get your heart broken really bad? I mean, I think one leads to the other, especially yeah. like junior high, high school. Like, if you don't have that confidence, that pretty much and i don't think any guy has confidence in junior high or high school they just have the balls enough to make the moves they're supposed to make or and i just never did so there was a lot of that internal doubt and oh i can i can still to this day i'm not approaching a random girl and talking it, to her not uh, without three tequilas and yeah maybe if she just saw me murder on stage or something but yeah, I can't go. I can't go to a bar and be like, "Hey, I'm Ari." Yeah, because the moment I do that, I start laughing at myself because I can hear myself I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" Oh, uh, well, how are you, fine ladies this evening? Dude, I feel so stupid. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm a douche. You shouldn't talk to me. And then I walk <laughs> away. We're going to take a couple calls here. Awesome. This I'm glad we up. both wore shorts and hats. Dude, I'm one of the few. I, I'm from San Diego. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I've always, if, if I know you're not supposed to wear shorts on stage, so I don't do it. Yeah. But if that wasn't a stigma, I would definitely do it. <laughs> I definitely don't give a shit. I would, I would happily wear shorts. If I was famous, I would wear shorts on stage. It's just, it's just, we're at a point now where it's hot enough to wear, especially for you and I that skate everywhere. Uh-huh. Like you can't wear jeans or you'll show up looking like you just left the gym. You're like, yeah, you're just <laughs> sweating down your legs. Yeah. Like, it's Can I so have much eight glasses of water, please? This is Jessica Green. Is right? this live? No, okay. it's a voicemail they left. I need some advice on my roommate situation. So I live with this girl who I went to college with. We were in the same sorority. We're both actresses out in L.A. She's a good friend, but... In the past month, she quit her job as a hostess at a restaurant because she was just unhappy with the place she was working at. But since then, this past month, she has not left our couch. I'm not kidding. She orders Uber Eats for every meal every day, sits on the couch, eats a pint of ice cream, and watches an entire series of a TV show in one day. And I'm just really concerned for her well-being. Like, I feel like she's been depressed lately and struggling with some things of what she wants to do and she has no ambition to pursue why she's in LA, why she's living here and what she's doing. And living with someone who has such a negative outlook on life and has been so lazy recently, I really do want to help her and make sure she's okay. But at the same time, every time I try to offer advice or invite her out somewhere, she accuses me of being critical of what she's doing. So I don't know how to handle this situation. All right, I get the idea. (laughs) Uh, what do you think? Um, you know, I've, I've lived with someone that was super depressed and didn't leave their room and was constantly negative. And that's a, it's a shitty way to live your life. It also leads you to be a little more depressed and sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also I feel like people should be given room to be sad. I don't know about a month after losing a hosting gig, but. (laughs) you know what i'm saying but also it's like it's okay to be lost and if she's covering her bills and everything's fine on the financial end i'd say give her some room yeah i was gonna say uh sounds like you need to mind your own business like a little bit like i get it if she's your friend give her advice try and be there for her but if you did all that and she's not changing then just go live your life yeah yeah you know and also it's like if she doesn't if if the finances aren't coming around, then you fucking kick her out. And yeah. You find someone that can pay the bills. And yeah, that's it. But if she's you know if she's got savings and doing all that stuff, well then yeah, let her gain twenty pounds and yeah, it's not you. She's not she's not doing anything. She's not making you do anything. You can still leave, have a social life. Yeah. Hustle. Now if you go now if it's another two weeks, yeah maybe maybe mention it again and maybe say you know I don't. You know, say how it's affecting you and maybe say, I don't want to live with someone that's sad and miserable all the time. And if this is the way it's going to be, then we need to reconsider our living situation. But I'd say right now, just give her a space and make sure she pays her bills. Maybe hit her. Also hit her. Yeah. yeah. Girls love that. Mm-hmm. Start a little, you know, show her who's boss and Come. then show her she needs to listen to you. You start here. If she doesn't flinch, you give it to her. Slap her right in the face. That's the old uh, Fred Astaire version. No, <laughs> I don't know. Lucy's husband. That was Desi. Desi, but I don't think he hit her. Who's who? Fred Astaire? Fred Astaire was a dancer, but not, that's not who oh, I'm yeah. thinking of. Uh, there was one guy that was f- famous for beating his kids. I can't remember who. It was. And they turned out to be like really, really awesome. fuck. Like they talk about it on Family Guy. Like it's that <laughs> kind of. I can't remember who it was. I think it was a crooner. We're going to take a call from uh, Stephen Knight. This is Stephen Knight. This is hard for me to talk about, but I, I, I don't know what to do. I thought we'd work it out. My wife and I just were having fights all the time. Forget about a sex life. I can go to my friends, my buddies, but they tell me they have the same problems. What can I do? Can you help me? Was pretty, he's, he's just, they're just fake. fighting all the time and they're not fucking? Yeah, it sounded like a, a fake call. Yeah. I'm going to... There was so much weird emotion behind it. 
What do I do? And my friends? And it was so vague. Like, yeah, that's what that's, it was like. It just didn't sound... There was no specific Hi, detail. I had a question, and I was hoping you could help. So... My best friend and I decided to be roommates about a year ago, and I thought it would be great because we got along so well. But as we've lived together, I've noticed there's a slight problem uh, with her. She's just, she's a slob, she's unmotivated, she has trouble holding down a job, and she just doesn't seem to really. Same girl, same problems. All right, I'm going to try another one. That girl had a real good voice, though. That girl had like a real good radio voice. This is from (laughs) Natalia Bilbo. (laughs) Bilbo? She's quiet. Oh, wait. Meeting people for a... Here we go. I guess I would like to ask advice about uh, meeting people for a potential friendship. Um, I just moved to Los Angeles and, um, I'm very much, you know, focused on my work. And so work is everything for me, but you know, at the end of the day, I feel like I also need to, to, I guess, nurture, you know, my personal life. And so, um, I find it hard to meet people outside my work and, and then I go to the gym and work out, but I don't really know how to approach people to like hang out with them without them thinking that um, I want something else. It's like, I want to be friends with guys and girls, but I don't want to have problems or, or, you know, trouble uh, because they think that I want something else or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if friendships between guys and girls are. They usually, I feel like friendship from guys and girls is like, usually comes from, Either they work together and have a similar interest, but if they don't, it's like one of them liked the other one yeah. a little bit, and they came at them, and then it was like it didn't really pan out. And so, but they were like, "You're cool, we can be friends." Right? Yeah, like a like a very fast rejection. Yeah. Or I've had a lot of friends. You know, I'm pretty dense in a lot of ways, so like I've had a lot of girls that were friends for a long time, like full on be like. No, I have a thing for you. Like, you just, and I was just like, didn't yeah, I didn't even, you know, I didn't realize. And then they're fucking three. Then tequilas. you're like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, sometimes. Or you're like, no. Nah. But also sometimes I'm like, nah, it's, now it's weird. Now it's just, that'll just be awkward. Yeah, for me, I don't know how it is for most guys. For me, if you're an attractive woman, it's hard for me to be friends with that person. Yeah, and I also think friendship is a little more malleable for dudes. Like, guys... Because sex is a little bit so much more territorial for us. Like, I can have sex with a friend, and then the next day, be you know, as long as it's discussed pre, like Seinfeld esque. Like I, I, I can separate that. Like I can be friends and have sex with someone, and then go right back to being friends with them. Yeah, whereas most girls, most girls can't can't, really, can't do that. Yeah. As far as meeting friends, I mean. To me, this is, uh, I w- I've gotten this call a few times, people asking, like, how to make friends. And I, it's so, it's such a weird call to me. It's like, just the obvious things, you know, work, uh, the gym, the gym, CrossFit classes, sign up for a, a pottery class, an acting class, you know, yeah. like, just the ways you meet people is kind of having to force. For me, how I make friends is in situations where I'm almost forced to interact with them. Yeah. So if you go to the same place every night, for example, you're going to see the same person so many times that eventually you have to meet that person. You have to talk to them a little bit. But yeah, if you're at home, if you're going to places by yourself and you're not seeing the same people all the time, you're not going to really meet people. Yeah. Also, just be a little more extroverted. Like say hello to somebody or ask somebody how their day's going. I know that's that's tougher for a woman because you're opening yourself up to a million different things, including dungeons and whatnot. But I, you know, you have to take risks. Yeah, or download the apps. Chris doesn't like them, but yeah, they could. They're are there friendship apps? Just friends? There is. There's Bumble Friendship. Oh, okay. Yeah, you could download a literal app for friends. Me, would I want to meet a friend off that app? Probably I, not. No, I think. Probably the people on that app would be weird, but if you're having trouble making friends, if you're lonely, 
maybe you'll meet someone cool off of it. Who knows? I met, you know what? I've genuinely met a cool few cool people off of uh, meetup.com. I have a meetup group that I use to get people to come to my comedy shows. Okay. And a couple of people have come. They're similar interested in me and they're really cool people. Same with um, Craigslist, weird enough. Really? I advertise my shows on Craigslist free stuff. Yeah. And you'd think you're going to get the absolute weirdos that come to the shows. No, it's like the chillest people in the world that saw the show on Craigslist free stuff. And they're like, that sounds cool. They show up. Yeah. I, I met this guy named Adam and we're really tight now. Cool. He and brought he brought me lunch the other day all off Craigslist. But that's also I met a dude on Craigslist. That's a great idea though. Like just go to places, go to concerts, go to shows. You know, go to things that you're interested in and hopefully there'll be other people there. But I say that actually the real solution is move out of LA. Go back to wherever you came from. Yeah, I, think. Get the, I get advise the that to anyone. Here. You're not going to meet good people here, and no. we don't want you. And here, also, really. the less people that are here, the more yeah, better traffic is down. and rent. So, I welcome to LA. I think you gave it a shot. You yeah. you couldn't make friends here. Get, and I get the fuck that. out of here. Go back to wherever you came from. Wisconsin misses you. <laughs> Wisconsin, they have. Have you been to that comedy club? I hear that's the best one. The comedy club on state. I went once. I think I got drunk and hit on one of the owners, so I don't think they're having me back anymore. <laughs> it was like one of those. Sh- it was like one of those weekends that went really well, and they've never had me back. So you, you're Comedy just like, what 101. the fuck did I yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, those are the worst. You're like, did I? Should I have said that one thing? I did a festival in Salt Lake City, and I made fun of the goodie bag that they gave out to every comedian. Oh yeah, the swag the, bag. The swag. Yeah, it was that's what it was. It was just like swag. It was like T-Mobile swag from, yeah. that he had laying around. <laughs> And I just was like making fun of it on stage. Yeah. And I genuinely think to this day that that like soured the relationship <laughs> with me in the club. I, uh, there's a guy out there that has a lot of power that I'm pretty sure hates me because 12 years ago I was at the improv and he like touched my shoulder. And as a joke, I turned around and I said, I don't like to be touched. And then when I turned back around, he was gone. Because I turned back around and like say I'm just fucking yeah. with you, and he was gone. And then like I got a phone call from a guy like a couple hours later, like what the fuck did you say to whoever? I can't remember his name. I think it was Robbie. And I was like, was that the guy that I said the thing to? And then he left. And he was like, yeah. I go, I was fucking with him, and he bounced. And like to this day, like anytime like I hear he's involved with a project, I'm like, ah, I'm not getting that. Damn. And I never have. That's isn't that weird? How it's like they know you're a comedian. Yeah, but sometimes you say something and they're like, "Not how, a not good joke." How I mean, dare you? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm a comic. Give me a. Break. Also, even if I wasn't kidding, I'm I'm a comic. Like I'm crazy. What if you don't like to be touched? Yeah. What's wrong with that? What if it's a genuine thing? There's a couple of people who don't do handshakes in the comedy business that you reach out to touch their hand and they go, I "Yeah, don't do handshakes." It's a little weird. Definitely. Every weird. time it happens, I'm like, okay, "Okay, you're one of these guys," but I don't think to myself. I'm never going to work with this person. Yeah. They won't shake my hand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Some Any- people are, you know, but I feel the same way about audience members. Like, you know, every once in a while, like someone will come in and they don't laugh the entire show. And I used to like call them out. Sometimes like it's so weird because they'll be in the front row and you notice it the whole show. Yeah. They're just staring at you. And finally you're just like, what's the matter? And, 99 times out of 100, they're like, oh, I've just had a shit day. My dad just died. Like, So I stopped asking for the most part because you're just like, that's Yeah, it's never good. It's never it's like, oh, you're right. I'll start laughing now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I not laughing? I thought I was laughing shit. this yeah, whole yeah. time. And then sometimes they're just people who are weird and they, they come up to you after the show and go, that was great. And I'm like, it was great. You yeah, didn't laugh. Exactly, what are you talking yeah. about? I just don't laugh. Or I love it when you're like, you made my wife laugh. She never laughs. I'm like, well, that sounds like a miserable existence. One of my favorite uh, humble responses is when someone comes up to me after a show and gives me adulations, like you were so funny. I go, oh, you were the one laughing? Thanks so much. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. And that gets another laugh, and they're like, he's so funny. Double laughs. What a funny guy. Anything you want to plug before you get out of here? Uh, I have a new I have a new podcast called The One Millionth Podcast that I do with my sister. <laughs> the One Millionth Podcast. Yeah, because we, we were late to the game, so I figured that's probably about the number we are. I started this two years ago, and I feel like I'm late to the game. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we all are. Yeah. Like, I feel like Joe Rogan, 
about Mark last Maron. night and yeah. Mark Marin all nailed it. Which one's about last night again? That's Brad and Adam. Oh, right, They've right. They've been doing it for like eight years or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then uh, uh, at I am Chris Porter on all the socials, and then I will be uh, I'll be in Omaha this weekend, and then I'll be in San Jose next weekend. San Jose Improv? Yeah, buddy. That's 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 a good nice. room. Yeah. Um, why did you start your podcast with your sister? Just out of curiosity, are you guys have good? We have a good rapport. Chemistry? Like whenever we hang and out, she lives in LA too. She lives right down the street from me, so she Perfect. can just come over and do it. And I'd done a podcast before, like by myself, and tried to book guests. And as you know, it's kind of tough. Oh yeah, I had to get a booker because you it. never know. Even if you book people, like on a Monday, you never know when they get a audition and they have to bail and it just mm-hmm. so at least with my sister i know that i have someone is she to, a entertainer or what's her uh she's a producer she's a producer in, okay, cool. in entertainment but also is is one of the funniest people i know so we just have a good rapport and it's and it's just real easy to make episodes can you talk to her about anything or are there things that's weird to talk about with your sister we still don't we don't talk about deep sex stuff at all like it's still like i don't want to think about her naked or any of that facet uh i think she's a very pretty girl but yeah i just mm-hmm. i don't want to think about her in that light whatsoever so no sex talk so it's a clean podcast too well i the mean other than all the podcast. cursing but yeah <laughs> yeah if you're out there maybe you're religious maybe you have you're in sex addicts anonymous something like that and you're looking for kind oh of we're definitely cleaner. down your alley yeah that would be the one millionth podcast all right, well, thanks for doing it. it was hey, good. thanks for having good me, Ari. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, talk to you later.